Staff's weekly podcast discussing all things sports. I am sports editor Dan Diadana, along with my assistant. Sports editor Chris Zadarazny. Oh, that's right. There so we go. Not the lovely assistant <laughs> in the uh, magic Orvana white sense, but uh, but we get along just fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we got lots to talk about and recap uh, before we look ahead to high school playoffs. We got a Michigan-Michigan State game. We had a full slate of hope and high school events, a lot of playoff and postseason things for high schools. Uh, a lot of seasons are over. Um, we got a lot of things to talk about. Of course, everybody wants to hear what our playoff predictions are. World Series predictions, whatever else, but we've got to start by looking back at the Michigan-Michigan State game. Um, and for the first time on this podcast, I'm going to say, wow, was I wrong. Um, I thought that until Michigan proved that they could win there, that they were going to struggle, and they really proved that they could win there. I mean, no third down conversions for Michigan 12. State. Oh, for 12. Now, how much of that was... Michigan's great defense and how much of that was Michigan State's inept offense doesn't matter. They could have all been both. But that's what happens when a sputtering offense plays a great defense. Yeah. And that that was the difference, I thought. Well, if you if you kind of watch both games, both teams play leading up to this game, you can kind of t- uh, tell that might happen. The way Michigan State played at Penn State, despite winning, didn't look great. Now, mind you, winning at Penn State is impressive, but their offense hasn't been great, and it no, showed. No, their defense won them that game. Exactly, and and, the, and it showed uh, against Michigan. Now, Brian Lewerke was injured. He did admit he, have a, he has an injury, a throwing shoulder injury, which is doing him and his team no good, and that uh, he played. Uh, if they had played their backup, who knows what could have happened the entire game. And even Jim Harbaugh said that they there was. They might have got one third down. It, it's possible, yeah. And and Jim Harbaugh, as a former quarterback, noticed that Lewerke was off, so as he knew that was a problem the entire game. Uh, but Michigan's defense was uh, astonishingly good. Um, not that they weren't going to be, but on the road in Spartan Stadium, where they haven't they haven't beaten top twenty five team in a couple of years. It's been a while. They've played on the road at Michigan State also, and under Jim Harbaugh, they're off on the road against ranked teams. That's just that's just the way it is. And they went in there and they completely dominated. They didn't even get hundred yards of offense. Ninety seven yards of offense. That was it for Michigan State. Uh, I was I was thoroughly impressed with Michigan's defense. Their offense was you know. Okay. It was yeah, it was okay. It, was okay. It, it wasn't the best. But it only needed to be okay. But it, yeah, with their with the way their defense was playing, the that was right. It only needed to be okay. Um, but Shea Patterson's throw to Donovan Peoples Jones for that big touchdown, I think in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, uh, really jump started that that win for him um, late because it was kind of a back and forth game, and you thought if this is tied to the fourth quarter, Michigan State has the advantage because they somehow always win those games, and then a touchdown, and then another touchdown, kind of put it away. All right, so now I've got to ask you, Chris, Michigan man over there. Full disclosure, I went to Michigan. So can they so win? Can they get to the the college football playoff? I mean, they have obviously have some challenges ahead. But what did this win tell you about their chances? They're now up to number five. Well, the win alone told me that there is a chance that they can compete against Ohio State defensively i don't know about offensively but defensively if they make some plays they can compete side note boy did purdue compete with right ohio state that is that was incredible so my my mindset has completely changed on that just because of the way ohio state played at purdue now they don't historically play well at purdue they've shown that i think for the past five visits there they've lost which is really funny i mean ross a stadium is not a for a lot of teams but not 
Ross. generally not Purdue the same team over right. and over again. But to, to have a hard time winning at Ross Age Stadium, now mind you, they don't pack that place. I've been there. It's it's a cool stadium, but it's nothing like the Shoe or the Michigan Stadium or, or Spartan Iowa. Stadium. Or Iowa, yeah. yeah. So the fact that they had trouble there is was no surprise that they lost, but the way they lost, their defense was abysmal against Purdue. Purdue was just putting up touchdowns like left points. and right. It was 49-20-something, the, yeah, the final. I mean, And Purdue is not great offensively, so for them to put up that kind of offense on Ohio State was a bit shocking. So I think, yes, they have they have an outside shot at the playoff, being that they're the top-ranked team in the Big Ten now, which is really weird for me to say. I didn't expect that at all after Michigan State. I thought for sure they'd be third. Um, and they still got to play Penn State. But they've got to play Penn State. And Ohio State. After, But they've got a bye week, and then they've got Penn State and then Ohio State. So that two really, really difficult games for – uh, the Wolverines at this point winnable based on their defense. If you're basing on their offense, that's going to be 50 50, but they've got a shot if their defense shows up and their offense continues to get better. And it's by week, I think helps them. Um, so I'm going to go out and live and say, yes, they make the playoff. All right. And well, I would guess that based on that answer, we can, uh, I can get your input on the next question, which I can kind of guess now, but did this win? knock Harbaugh off the hot seat? I think, in a sense, yes. I mean, he wasn't on an official hot seat. He was on my hot seat, for sure. But he, we're getting to that point where you lose that many times to Michigan State and Ohio State, and it adds up. And throwing in a Absolutely. loss to Notre Dame this year, too. But it did. it's not like Michigan was going to let go of him this year or anything like that. But... They could have started to scope different plans. Did this did this win kind of validate Harbaugh at least give him I feel like it gave him like a couple of years of For not sure. worrying about stuff. I, I think so. Those those rumors I think might die down a little bit, especially if they go on to win the next couple of games. But this is this is the beginning of where he might be able to turn around his tenure in Michigan. Um again, didn't think I'd be saying that after this after this week. I I really didn't. Um but for me he's He's off the hot seat. It's still, I think, a bubble there because you have two really big games against Penn State and, and Ohio State. You get something to prove um, now that you've beaten a rival on the road. But that's, um, there's no way they do anything or even talk about doing anything. Certainly not. Certainly not. Certainly yeah. not. If, I mean, if, they're a top five team. Right. I mean. if, they, if they go out and lose the next couple of games, I, I, I don't think he returns to that hot seat, but there could be some some rumors out there that all right, right he won a big game but he didn't win the biggest games right so now let's give him one more year give him, to see you know, what's going on yeah he's he's gotten a five which is great i mean that's that's no slouch but, but he's got to do more before and then lost the big game right they he's, he's got to do more this is the first time in a while they've won the big game now granted it's a rivalry game so you kind of throw things out the window but michigan state is not as good as other teams that they're going to be facing right. Yeah, they're kind of they're third when you rank Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State. They're third, Penn State second, Ohio State's first, obviously. Right. Even with Michigan State's win over Penn State, because yeah. yeah, it's just it's of the full body of work. Yep. So yeah, I think I think he's clear for another couple of years. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be interesting. One. It's a big one. All right. So um, you want to talk a little bit about Mason Apple and his record-setting? Hope football day. Yeah, Mason Apple, he just uh he looked like Barry Sanders out there a couple times. I mean, really? Not the kind of the speed that Barry Sanders has, but of course. just the way he juked out some some defensive guys and the way he ran the ball. He was a man on a mission on Saturday against Olivet and he willed hope to a victory. Not that they weren't going to win without him, but but he had two hundred and forty four yards rushing, which is 
a record for a quarterback, I hope, that beats uh, Joe Schwander from 2005, who is now the uh, head coach of Belding, who I have previously covered, oddly enough. He set the record in 2005, um, 209 yards against Alma. And Mason had 244 yards of rushing offense, uh, rushing yards. That's that's incredible to me, a, a quarterback doing that. We, they have a great running back in Mike Klusiak, and they cut a couple other guys that can run the ball. But they've started to use the option a little more, and they've talked about that a little bit. And since the start of the season, they've implemented that that kind of play, that kind of plan in each game, and, and they get better at it each time where you can go and flip the ball to McClusiak on the outside or the inside. And depending on where Apple sees the defensive guy, he's going to do what he wants. Either take it or uh, flip it to McClusiak and – you got one bad option or the other for a defense. You're either going to have to tackle Mason Apple or Mike Kluziak. Both guys can run, and they're very good at what they do. Um, Apple will run right through you, and McCluziak will juke you out. So <laughs> it, did they pass less because of the weather? Uh, yes. Or, I mean, like, because they've been passing very well. Yes. There wasn't very many uh, passing plays. There were a few catches. Um, uh, Cooper Chikini had a pretty big catch, and I think Christian Boss had a big catch, but... Outside of that, it was really windy and it was rainy at times. It, it wasn't the best game to throw the ball, so they went to the ground more, the option more, and it it worked well for them. Honestly, they they gave up some points late in the game to all of that where they shouldn't have, but um, they kind of downed that game on on the field on the, on the turf there with that run option play. Well, good to see, good to see from Hope. Um, Grand Valley had a similar issue as far as the weather. They uh, you know Bart Williams likes to pass. They did not were not able to execute the same kind of passing offense and just got past Davenport, um, which is really a big statement for Davenport because these it games, is. Grand Valley versus Davenport, has not been close um, as Davenport has kind of moved into Division Two. Jumping up uh, is is difficult as we know. Yeah. So and and you expected those growing pains the first couple of years. And uh, so that, I think this was as big a game for Davenport as it was for Grand Valley. Grand Valley needed a win to get kind of back on track after that uh, close loss to Ferris in that epic rivalry battle. Yep. So you kind of expected a little bit of a kind of hangover game, you know, where uh, they weren't going to play as well. And then the weather kind of added to that. So, uh, But they're back on track. They're looking like uh, no problem for uh, the playoffs. Easy, easy breeze into the playoffs for them. Um we got some high school playoffs finish finish up some yes. seasons finish up golf's done tennis is done and because we had no district champion boys soccer is done um, so we're kind of knocking out teams I mean we got football going on still um, swimming and um, volleyball postseason starts next week um, so this is kind of like that week in between. It's a bit of a lull. There's yeah. not much going on. Volleyball is finishing up senior nights this week, and then football on Friday, yeah, and the, some cross country stuff, a and regionals. Of conference races um, are still in, in play. but really not as busy as as it usually right. is. And the next week gets really crazy. But yeah, it's kind it's of a kind of a lull before the next big big hill for the sports. And it's weird that there's no soccer teams left. I mean, this is a good soccer program area. We know. Oh that. yeah, I Holland can't remember the last year time we didn't have a district. I mean, and, we had a state champion last year. Holland's made some deep runs. Holland Christian's made some deep runs. Black River's made some deep runs. Fenville had a pretty good run to the final this year. Um, you know, so it just uh, – and Holland Christian lost to Grand Rapids Christian in the uh, – No surprise there, but the both are ranked. I mean, 
Yeah. And this this is another argument from the other day, but for me, you have the district thing with football and all these other sports where you have it grouped locally. And Holland Christian was one of the best teams in Division Three this year, ranked fifth, and GR Christian was ranked second, and they're meeting in the district final. Right. Could really be a, a state final. At least a regional honestly. final. Honestly, at least a regional yeah. final, for sure. Um, but that yeah. was going to be a tough game coming in no matter what. They lost to him 6 nothing earlier in the season. I saw that. It wasn't good. This was much more impressive, but still lost. They just couldn't recover against a really good team. Um, so it's not surprising that, that, that teams are out because of the way districts are kind of put sure. together. Um, sure. If it had been a little differently, we could see Hong Christian definitely in the regional at this point, but for that's sure. just not the way it goes. For sure. And then we've got uh, we had the Zealand West boys and the Holland Christian girls won the cross country OK Green titles. They did. And you had Holland's Sam uh, Martins and Shan Alvader win the individuals. A first, by the first way. time. Yep. Saugatuck swept their conference. No surprise there. Uh, Black Certainly River not. won the Alliance League. Yep. Uh, now they got a good organized Alliance League meet. Um, West Ottawa girls finished second at the OK Red yeah, by three lot, places. Yeah, it's a lot of good run, a lot of good running going on here. We got regionals coming up this weekend. We're going to see a lot of teams and individuals qualify for, the, for state, which is going to be very exciting. Um, then we've got um, volleyball. The like I said, the postseason starts next week, but uh, Hamilton has a chance to clinch the OK Green this week title. Um, they really have been impressive they've got uh they don't really have a weak spot i did not expect that coming into this year watching them um you know every team kind of has a weak spot you know like uh i knew we all know zealand east has that front line of the trees um and zealand west has a pretty formidable front line too we weren't sure exactly how the other pieces were going to come into play as far as how the back row play was going to be how their setters were going to play um and you know everything hasn't been perfect for either one of those teams uh holland christian has had their ups and downs too but has you know played pretty consistently um but hamilton just doesn't have a weak spot they've got multiple good back row players they got one of the best back row players in the state which anytime you've got that going for you you're going to stop a lot of um momentum by other teams because you're going to get she's going to get that dig Alyssa Lester is her name for those of you guys who don't know um she's uh I mean I wouldn't be surprised if she's a all-state player uh she really is a difference maker she's heading to Calvin and Calvin has an awesome back row all the time which is why they challenge for national championships so uh she fits in right very well with that on the flip side you've got AJ Ediger who is tall strong and will ram the ball right down your throat um up at the net and but what makes it different for them is they teams collapse on AJ. Why wouldn't you? You know she's six two, six three, something like that. She's and tall she, and very athletic. She's I mean basketball is probably her best sport. She could play a lot of different sports. So they collapse on her. And what is killing teams is that uh, that Hamilton has outside hitters that get the job done. They have two fantastic outside hitters in uh, Corbin Waymer and Justine Bronkhorst, and they have dominated other teams throughout the year. It kind of, they, it's a pick your poison game that you have with them. Plus, they have a two setter set with Tori Folkert and uh, Shelby Cracked, and they get the ball to whoever from all kinds of different angles. You're not really sure where that ball's going. Um, a lot of years or a lot of teams you would know that it's going to AJ no matter what the block is doing because that's their best shot. But it's not always their best shot now. She's a great decoy as well as a great player. 
and that ball gets spread around to um, to lots of lots of people, and their back row is great, and they, it's just it's it's amazing to watch. I didn't think they had nearly as many strong suits, and I definitely thought they were going to have a couple of weaknesses, and it turns out they really don't, and that is why they're poised to win the OK Green Championship. They can clinch a share tonight, and they can clinch it outright um, against Holland on Thursday. Thursday, we also have the Zealand East-West Volleyball Showdown uh, rematch. Uh, so that'll be exciting. And then that leads us right into district. So we're building the momentum correctly going into yep. the postseason for volleyball, which is exciting. And speaking of volleyball, we got Hope Calvin on Friday. This is a non-conference game because the MIAA has gone to a single round of conference games uh, for all the sports. But in volleyball, they Hope and Calvin made an agreement that they would play two, t- at least two times forever basically um, but one of them just is a non-conference game so this will be a non-conference game at hope on friday night and then they finish up their regular season on saturday hope and calvin will in all likelihood have the top two seeds going in the miwa tournament so they will be um, off in that first round and then play the semifinals and the finals the next week uh, that same day november 3rd where we've got cross-country state finals swimming conference championships so the MIAA finals for volleyball and soccer and Hope Football Senior Day and just about everything happening that day. Um, we got the Hope soccer teams are looking, they're solid. I mean, the women's team's looking great. Uh, yeah, they're, they're ranked their first overall in MIAA. They're, they're undefeated. They're going to get a bye in the soccer, uh, the, the women's soccer tournament. The men, not so much, I don't think. As of now, they got to play to figure that out. They're in the tournament. Either the top six make it. The top two have a bye. The, the next four play it out to see who plays in the semis against the top two seeds. Um, so they're they're comfortably in the tournament, but they could. Uh, there's an outside chance they get that second spot um, if they they've got a tall task trying to face Calvin if that ever comes to it. Exactly. So that that'll be kind of interesting as we see what's going on there. Um, and yeah, I mean that leads us into the high school playoffs. But before we forget, I've got to jump in with some World Series predictions. Absolutely, it's the World Series. This is uh, a fall a classic. Big deal. Um, we've got the Dodgers hosting uh, the Red Sox. Red Sox hosting the Dodgers. Well, they're they're both going to host each other. Yeah. So yeah, but the, but the Red starts Sox starts in uh, Fenway's Boston. got the uh, the home the home field advantage, which is really really exciting. Um, we all remember the last time the Dodgers and the Red Sox played each other in World Series. Of 1916. course, yeah. Um, we were, we were when, two when years ba- old. <laughs> when Babe Ruth was a pitcher for the Red Sox and won, pitched a complete game, 14-inning victory during that World Series, and that started his uh, record of most consecutive scoreless innings in the World Series uh, as it carried over to 1918. And people don't really realize about them. He had the record... Uh, for most uh, most consecutive World Series scoreless innings until 1961 when Whitey Ford broke it of the Yankees, um, which we all know was the same year that Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's home run record. And as Whitey Ford said, yep, it was a tough year for the Babe. I have all those records wow. broken at once. But people remember the home run stuff, obviously. But he was the best left-handed pitcher of the time, too. And by the way, this was against the Brooklyn Dodgers who were then actually called the Brooklyn Robins because their manager was Wilbert Robinson. They named was, they named the team after him for a while because hmm. uh, he was so jolly and genuinely well liked. He's a <laughs> hall of fame 
manager and catcher from the 1890s Baltimore Orioles, as we all know. Holy cow. Um, so we're you are going a trove to, of baseball knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we're going to not dive too much into all of the rest of that baseball knowledge. But it's kind of cool that two original teams are playing each other, and the last time they played each other was 1916. Yeah, crazy. Um, you wouldn't so, think that, right? Right. I mean, especially with the amount of times the Dodgers and Red Sox over the years. I know the Red Sox had that drought, but even in the drought, they were in a few World Series. And the Dodgers have been consistently every generation had a team that's in, been in multiple World Series. So the fact that they never played each other is kind of interesting. They almost did several times. I mean, they're, you know, but it just never happened. Hmm. Uh, kind of weird, uh, especially when you're talking about the original teams like that, especially teams that didn't lose. Like the St. Louis Browns became the Orioles, and it's different now. You know, the franchise yeah. is different. So you're, you're really talking about out of the original 16, it's really like the original 12, and for them, yeah, it's just weird. Okay, so Chris, we got lots of former Tigers all over this thing. Well, who do you like? <sighs> well, the Dodgers have have been here already, but they fell short last year to the Astros, and they were a great team. Uh, Boston just kind of took control of that series, and they looked really good. Uh, their offense, their pitching is great. Um, I I, I got to go with the Red Sox. I, I like to see the Dodgers win. I think uh, Clayton deserves. Clayton Kershaw deserves a World Series. You bet he does. He's he's been one of the best pitchers of this generation, and he's just been really good. But the playoffs, he's kind of up and down. Recently, he's been good, very good, great. Yeah. Um, but I think the the Red Sox just have too much power. They have way too much power on that offense to kind of. Do you hear what their their scheme for the middle games at Dodger Stadium where they don't have a DH because there'll be National League rules. That's right. I didn't know that. What? What's they're going to put JD. They I this sounds like they're going to put J cuz that JD's the DH. They're going to put him in right field and have Mookie Betts play second. Holy cow. This Shades very, of uh, the 68, 68 Tigers, Tigers yeah. yeah. Having Mickey Stanley come in from center field to play shortstop just for the series. Um just for so, that offense. That's Right. It could be interesting. Impressive. I mean Mookie Mookie almost said Mookie Blaylock. Boy, well, that's a throwback from uh, from my childhood of basketball or Mookie Wilson, as we all know, that hit the Bill Buckner uh, number that went down the line through Bill Buckner's legs. We like Mookies in the uh, <laughs> in the postseason. So uh, Mookie Betts, though, he's a great athlete, as we saw. With oh, yeah. Catches and catches that didn't happen because of fan interference in the right. last series. He's fantastic. So that's going to be... That's really interesting. I like, a, that, I like that the idea. move. I like the move. Um, but I, I honestly think... I my my gut says Dodgers in six something like that, but I really think I mean I think Kershaw is going to be dominant. They've got some energizers on their team. Bellinger's been playing well. Puig can energize anytime. Turner, Redbeard, the yeah. Pirate. There, you know, he's got some things going. It's very evenly matched, which is great. It was the best two teams from the season, pretty yeah. much from the season. Um, and and the best couple teams, you know, over the past, you know, maybe several years too if you combine all their seasons so i mean it's it's they're two powers which is great yeah um i think the world series and this stinks to put this on somebody's shoulders but i think the world series will depend 100 percent on which david price we the red sox get yeah if they get the david great, price that uh... beat verlander they're gonna win the world series if they get the david price that was the previous 10 starts in the postseason they will not win. If they get something in between, that's where we're going to get a really interesting series, yep. which I guess, I'm guessing we will get something in between. Um, Being lights out against the Dodgers is, is going to be very difficult, even yeah. for Sale or Price or Porcello and, and those yeah. guys. 
Yeah. I mean, and then sales still not really 100%. Right. Porcello was great out of the bullpen in some of the postseason. Didn't have the greatest starts, but who knows? So, I mean, I'm, I lean toward the Dodgers. Uh, we'll see what happens, but it should be an exciting series, which is good. Yeah. I think it goes seven. That would be great. Yeah. Me too. That would Same. be great. Yeah. All right. Now, what everybody's been waiting, oh, 24 minutes for us to get to. We got playoffs. Six teams in the playoffs. Six teams in the playoffs. For the first time in our history, six of our eight teams are going to the playoffs. We've had five twice. Uh, very exciting. Going to make this weekend a little crazy for us. But uh, We are ready for it. Yeah. We, we got, we're going to have all the games covered. We're going to have everything set here. But we've got – we don't have too much to talk about as far as last week. Holland Christian won a close game to make the playoffs. And then Spring Lake made it anyway. Yes. Both teams were five and three heading into it. Um so I think they probably would have been safe, but either way, it's good to go in with a roll on a roll. They got a home and game. They got a home game off. Uh, yep, exactly. Um, so they face Atsigo, um in the first round, five and four team. And um, um, yep. I mean, Saugatuck and Fenville was the other game we should really discuss uh, from last week. Uh, well, we got a couple, I suppose. Well, West Ottawa Hudsonville's rematch this it's week. It's a rematch, yeah, out of that game where West Ottawa came up two yards short. Um, on a final Hail Mary play. Uh, kind of crazy. Just um, twice now. This season they've lost by merely inches. Right. And so, uh, Sagatuck and Fenville game turned into a little bit more of a lopsided victory than we kind of all expected with Brad Dunn rushing for six touchdowns. Seemed like a thousand. Well, I, did, I did say he was going to rush by and He was going to help that win. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that big, though. Nobody did. Nobody did. And, and, and the weather played a factor because Fenville likes to pass, and it was pouring. So that changed change things. We had, I mean, Matthew Sanchez had three or four interceptions, and three of them went off both hands of the receiver and bounced to the defender. Yeah, and that's probably a like a straight up bounce. Like that's not that's that's weather well, certainly the factor. Two and one was, and then there was one that was a wide open. Or two other ones that were wide open would have been wide open touchdown passes that were dropped. They wouldn't. They didn't get intercepted. But I mean, they scored touchdowns off all three interceptions. And you erase the two touchdowns that they would have had if those guys caught the ball. And the fact that they started with getting a fumble from Dunn, then get a, had an 87-yard 80, touchdown by Jace Causey, called back because of a holding call. They would have been up 7 nothing with all the momentum in the world. Yeah, but it And then it wasn't. was all taken away. And so it, you could see it on them. It was, they were clearly deflated. How could you not be? And that really affected that penalty really was the turning point of the game, and it just happened in yeah. the first couple minutes. Um, so let's uh, Zealand East clinch the green. They did, yeah. With a ranked win over Unity, you didn't think that that would be kind of on our back burner, but it was, yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that was a really, really strong, uh, strong matchup, strong performance. Unity goes into the playoffs only having lost to East and West. That's I mean, that's no pretty, slouch either. <laughs> yeah. So who but knows what to make of that? A thirty-six thirteen win over Unity. That's impressive. It was very impressive. Thirteen points for the crusaders is, is certainly quite good very low despite time, being yeah. one division difference i mean yeah we know how good the green is anyway for sure for sure all right so let's get to our predictions let's absolutely let's start with uh i'm gonna randomly throw these at all you right here, let's do it yeah yeah um fenville at montague this is interesting because very. both teams are seven and two and fenville is on the road for this game uh, Montague is is quite good. They played, uh, I think they played Portland last week. Yeah. Um, Division five team and and Portland won closely. Um, it it and Portland's a pretty good defensive team. So 
it tells me that if you're being in a close game against Portland, um, you're probably a really good team. And I, I don't know if Fenville can overcome that. Um, their offense is good. If there's no rain, I think they have a really good shot. But if there's rain, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, I'm taking Montague in this in this game only because I think their offense is probably a little bit better than Fenville. We're starting with a not so fast. <laughs> not so fast, my friend. Um, we watched last year as Fenville stunned Sagatuck. Not necessarily that they won when there was a battle, a first place battle, but they put the stank on them. And Sagatuck kind of put the stank on Fenville this this year. Um, not quite as bad as last year was, reversely, but the game was never, after that fumble, I mean after that uh, penalty, the game was never in question. Uh, but Sagatuck made it to the state finals, recovered from that. Yep. Fenville is using that as motivation now for knowing how good Brad Dunn is and how good Sagatuck is. And they, I think they get it done. I think it's, it's, they're pretty even, it's a pretty even battle. I think they've figured out everything that can go wrong in a game. And I think that they, I think that they, they squeak out a, a close win at Montague and start a little bit of a postseason run. It's going to be a tough, a tough matchup on the road. Uh, your first playoff game since 2014. Um, but it should be an exciting game. For sure. All right. Now let's stick with the sack teams. Sagatuck at Kent City. Sagatuck's eight and one, and they're on the road. Um, Surprisingly, they well, Kent be. City's also eight and one, right? I mean, they are they are eight and one. Yes. So I guess we're running out of good teams in their division, Division Seven. Um, but uh, Sagatuck at Kent City. Who do you like there? Well, uh, for people that are going to the game, uh, Fox Sports Detroit will be there broadcasting it live on Fox Sports Detroit Plus. Pretty impressive for a Division cool. Seven game usually it's going to be a division one or two game that they're going to broadcast so uh cool thing for our west side of the state and also for a local team but uh yeah both eight and one um i'm not surprised that Sagatuck won last week i'm surprised at how how they won uh with brad dunn scoring six touchdowns um they know what they have in front of them it's this is a very difficult path for them last year they made it to the state final and lost to a really good pw team that pw team is now a potential second round opponent if they win so they've got a very uh, tall mountain to climb, and that begins at Kansas City. Uh, defense that has allowed only 95 points through nine games. and Against the dynamic offense that is Soccer Tuck. This right. would be awesome. So two strong, uh, one strong offense, one strong defense going up against each other. Who wins? It's going to be it's gonna be Who a great wins, game. Chris? I've got Soccer Tuck winning. I do. I think they their offense is, is incredible. Um, Brad Dunn, he can get it done. And against a strong defense, it, it it's going to be Soccer Tuck. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's the X factor. I mean, I think that no matter how many points they've given up, I think he's got the athletic ability to get one more big play that they need um, to even win a close game. So I like them moving on to the next round, and then we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game next week if that were to happen. So, all right, then we've got um, Holland Christian hosting Otsego. Um, Honestly, I mean, Holland Christian – they're a big. They had a big test last week. They won. They earned the home game. They're playing Otsego, who's five and four. I mean, I don't think there's really based, looked on looking at who they've played and everything. I don't think there's really any question, right? We both think Holland Christian wins this one. Yeah, I'm with Holland Christian all the way. I mean, you got a five and fourteen that kind of snuck into the playoffs. They are not very good on defense. They are really good on offense, but their defense has allowed 253 points in nine games. That's really not going to win you a lot of games. That's why they're five and four. Right. And with the amount of options that Holland Christian has, um, 
in the air. And then also they went to the Wildcat a little bit with Brady Howe. And that, that moved really well in the, in the fourth quarter for them. I mean, they were looking pretty good, and it kind of caught Spring Lake off guard. I don't know how much that will catch Otsego off guard because they've now seen it in a game. But we don't um, know if they can stop it but, either. Right. Can they stop it is the question. So I think Holland Christian has too much offensive weaponry to, to kind of lose that game. Something has to go wrong for them to lose. So I'm picking the Maroons. All right. Um, let's go with West Ottawa at Hudsonville. I mean, this is a straight-up rematch from last week. When uh, Hudsonville won barely as West Ottawa, their last play, they got tackled on the two-yard, was it the two-yard line? Yeah, two-yard line, two yards short. As, as time expired, um, one play, sh- one, you know, the next play they probably score, um, but they just came up that short. Hudsonville was very impressive in that game. Yes. They really had, uh, you know, controlled West Ottawa's offense. What do you think about the rematch, sir? Well, we uh, we know it's very hard to beat a team twice in a season, and Hudsonville uh, or West Ottawa knows that because they had a tough time beating Rockford and Granville twice last season, but they still did it. So they know it's possible. So they know that is potentially on the horizon that Hudsonville can beat them again. Um, but I talked to Sean Tremell earlier at practice today, and he said he was excited for rematch. Honestly, he knows what they have to correct and knows what went wrong, and they're excited. And he said the same thing: it's hard to beat a team twice in a season. Um, I think West Ottawa gets this one done. Um, they almost tied it last week. They almost could have won it last week, if not for a couple of things at the end. Um, but I think West Ottawa uh, gets it done. I agree. I mean, you think two evenly matched teams, you know, there's got to be one factor that comes into play for more. And I think this the factor this time is desire and motivation. Yeah. I think that coming up short is going to – is has angered them and what has motivated them and i think that they win a close one reversely on hudsonville's home field this week last week 23 to 16 win for hudsonville so could be a similar score could be more points who knows but it's going to be an exciting okay red matchup in the first round of the playoffs for sure all right and then we've got zealand east against stevensville lakeshore stevensville lakeshore we talked about this earlier this year i think because they played, they played west team. ottawa they they're a playoff team. They've been in the playoffs like 18 years in a row, something like that. Yeah. They're clearly down. They made it in as a 5-4 and four team. They're clearly down from what they usually are, uh, but still a playoff team. Um, they're coming to Zealand East. Zealand East has the dynamic offense, dynamic defense. Um, they've gotten it done all year with only their only loss, a very narrow defeat to the defending state champions. Um, I think this one's pretty easy, too. Yeah, I'm picking the chicks all the way here at this point. I mean, Lakeshore is good. And they made it in five and four. To make it in five and four is, is good, but their offense is is not good. They've scored ninety four points in nine games this season, and somehow they're five and four. And some other five and four. I don't know how. Well, their defense is actually quite good as well. They've only allowed one hundred twenty seven. So they've won by the defense, but they can't score. And we know the chicks can score. Yeah, led by Josh Fusco and Gabe Taylor on offense. On defense, they have Boone Bonama and uh, Adam Berghorst and Tag and Tag Bonama. And Fusco back there. Good too. luck stopping that. Back there. Yeah. Lakeshore is not going to stop that. The chicks are on, on a roll, and they're going to be on a roll next week. Yeah, I think that one's pretty cut and dry. Um, as is the next one, Zealand West is on Saturday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon hosting uh, St. Joseph. St. Joseph is down you know, by you know, by Stevensville Lakeshore. they they got a similar thing going on. They've, they've been a perennial playoff team too, but they're also, right, 5-4. and four. They're also five and four, uh, yes. Barely squeaking in this year, which is really interesting. Um, 
I mean, I don't think anything gets in the way of this. The Ducks. Uh, There's a rematch. Good. They're too good. Yeah. There's that rematch with Zealand West or Zealand East West looming in the second round yeah. now. We we know that's coming. It's probably gonna gonna happen. It's gotta come. I mean, um, like that's that. I feel like that's the reason they see they put them both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Both teams deserved to host in the first round. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so to soccer talk, they didn't really get there. But that's not Sagatuck's fault. Um, so I think that because they're in the same division, they've got to play each other. I'm very glad that they're not playing each other in the first round. That's happened the other right. times. Yes, uh, this has. is kind of including cool last year to have a build up where the, it can at least you know both teams can get some momentum going and maybe things are a little bit different. Um, so and both and and the other time and last time it was also week nine. And then the first then, round of the playoffs. It was yep. back-to-back weeks like Hudsonville and Wasnado is. So this is going to be interesting to see how they prepare for other opponents and then come back yes. to each other after a close matchup they had in week eight. So they've had different, a lot of different things in the middle, which is kind of cool. We'll see a different, um, a different scenario yeah. that way. Two games in the fun. middle and then rematch for the Bird Bowl is is going to be interesting. I. I I think it's going to help both teams. Obviously, they they both know that they're really good and, and they want it. They yeah, they want, that, re- they want week, that rematch. Week eight was was big. I mean, obviously, winning the OK Green for the Chicks was was awesome for two years in a row now. Um, but this one looms even larger now because it's a playoff matchup, and whoever wins goes on, and the loser goes home. That's it. Right. So, and as even as the matchup has been East and West the past almost decade or so, Zealand West has won all three of the playoff yes. matchups. The chicks know that that is also looming, but they have to focus on this game right now. And it's a five and fourteen; they're probably going to win. They still got to just put their mind to this game this week. And I'm pretty sure all three, at least two or three, but I think all three, the chicks won in the regular season. I'm almost certain. And yes. then the ducks came back and re- revenged them. Yes, in the playoffs. Yeah, all three times. So, will That's the fourth re- time be the charm for the chicks to to beat them twice in a season? I have no idea, but they got to win one more first. Exactly. So it's going to be an exciting game. We got six, five games on. Friday with Zealand West playing on Saturday. We also got Hope Calvin Volleyball on Friday night, and that's usually a 2,000-plus person spectator event uh, between two of the top 15 teams in the country. Uh, we got an awful – plus it's World Series week. We've got college football. We've got all kinds of stuff. We're getting to the postseason here. we got conference championships. will be crowned in volleyball and next week in swimming. And, man – it's all happening so fast. It's awesome. This is this is exciting. It's it's tough to find a week that's got more on the line right now. Yeah. And just oh. a reminder, all games on Friday are at five, uh, 7 p.m., excuse me, and then Saturday is a 1 o'clock game for Zealand 1 West. 1 o'clock game for Zealand West. Yep. It's the afternoon game, which is great for my camera with the lighting. It's great for everybody. It's really <laughs> An good. afternoon game on a Saturday. It's really good. That's how it was supposed to be. Um, so that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get you all that action. Check the Sentinel out for all the preview. We got we'll have all kinds of previews, capsules. Look at some teams a little little deeper, and uh, yeah, we'll have game coverage of every game. So yeah, stick stick with the Sentinel this week for all your playoff, World Series, volleyball, whatever needs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Uh, there's plenty going on for everybody. Um, I know everybody's not super high school football fans because not everybody has kids in the schools or whatever like that but uh there's still enough to go around for everybody else basically with everything else we had michigan michigan state last week this is uh going to be a heck of a eight day period here that we've got going and then it's going to only get crazier after that yep with uh hope 
uh, basketball has also begun there in the second week of practice. Uh, so just there, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that more uh, as the month goes on in a couple weeks. And Definitely. Their season gets started. But yeah, it's uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty. It's going to be a fun week of, of uh, playoff football. It will be indeed. All right, so for Chris and Dan... <laughs> That's the uh, this week's podcast. Uh, stay tuned as we recap next week all of the playoff action, all of the Hope Calvin action, all of the World Series action, and all of every other possible sport in between um, as we get gear up for district volleyball and swimming and conference swimming and all that stuff. So uh, have a great week and go watch some sports. <laughs>